Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. For more episodes, go to www.footballpurist.com and you can also find us at iTunes. Makes it 12 games unbeaten in all competitions, and Liverpool Football Club are enjoying their best start to the Premier League season since Rafa's Reds in 08-09. Maybe even more impressive is that we've been doing this all without a recognized striker. That makes 10 different scorers in the Premier League this season. Not only are they leading the Premier League in goals scored, shots on target, distance covered, and sprints, but the eye test also shows that they have the chemistry and the fluidity at an all-time level. So, I'm joined tonight on this talk on episode of the Football Purist Podcast by Brian Painter, Stephen Luna, and Jeff Hallett. How are you guys? Oh, absolutely fantastic. How could you not be? <laughs> guys, I mean, are, we over- good, are we overreacting? I mean, we've only beat teams that are below us in the table, so I mean I don't know how to how to react to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is Te- technically we, long, I mean, may, we, long may that continue. Long may we beat everybody underneath right, us. Yeah. Easy there, partner. Easy there, partner. Just man. a hum. Slow your roll. Just, just humming. Just humming right now. <laughs> so I mean, the last time that we ended the day at the top of the league was in May of 2014. So, guys, best team in the land, or, or what is this right now? You could certainly make that argument. There's not a team playing better than us right now. And, and you could argue Chelsea's on a good run of form, but we already took them took them out at, at Stamford Bridge. So uh, I don't think there's a better team playing in England right now than Liverpool. And no, I, yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea's probably the closest shout that you can get to any one of the, the 20 teams that are, are playing at our level. Yeah, you know, we've been flying, especially offensively, so in our attacks, so... Before we get onto that and what we're going to do this pod, you know, we're going to talk about obviously the Watford game. We're going to get some fan reactions at the Irish American. We'll go ahead and give our seat index ratings, and then we'll talk a little bit about the international break. But before we do that, we got the intro question. So over here in the states, it is election day. Uh, so obviously, the candidates these past couple months have been trying to kind of sell themselves and their strategies and ideas and qualities, if there are any, to the nation or any positive qualities, I should say. If you had to sell Liverpool Football Club to a neutral fan or someone who's just trying to support any club, right, randomly just wants to start supporting one, what would you say to them? How would you sell Liverpool Football Club to to whoever that person is? And you only have 10 seconds to do it. So I just want to hear a quick little little nice little sell. Painter will go to you first. What, how would you get someone hooked on Liverpool? Heavy metal football. Come come watch us play uh, heavy metal football every week. 6-1, top goal scorers in all the land. Come watch some exciting football. I like it. Yeah, heavy metal football is absolutely right. What about you, Luna? Most people in the U.S. think that soccer's a boring sport and they can't get into it. Well, Liverpool will completely dissuade that motion and you will be up out of your seat for the entire 90 minutes. I like it. Get get a little bit of that seat index in there. Nice. <laughs> what about you, man? So... Chicks dig the goals, right? They love the offense. 2.73 after match week 11. So you're going to love this offense. Just flip on the telly. I like P.S. It. It's much faster than that MLS crap you've been watching. 
I like how you sold it to the chicks. Um, spoken like a true single guy on the call. <laughs> chicks said the goals. That's matter right, too. They're going to decide this election on election day. So, yeah, it'll yeah. get tied in here somehow. Painter, you were at the Irish American this past I weekend was. for the Watford game. How was the atmosphere? It was. It was actually. Uh, Better than normal. Uh, there was a ton more people for whatever reason. Uh, oh, those it was a nine o'clock fans game. right over there. Yeah, no, you know <laughs> the funny thing was there was a Hall City supporter sitting right in the middle of the bar, and they put on the Hall City game for him. So after the game, after we won and smoked Watford six one, everybody started cheering for Hall City, and the poor and this poor kid ended up getting a two one victory, and and uh, we started chanting, but now you're gonna believe us, now you're gonna believe us <laughs> for Hall City. <laughs> It was really a fun time, but he had his whole city jersey on and everything. But but no, in all seriousness, we got some great interviews. We had three Scousers that were present and accounted for that we got interviews from, born and raised in Liverpool, as well as a few others. So it was a good time as always. Awesome. Well, thanks for going. And let's go ahead and listen to some of those fan reactions right now from the Irish American in New York. This is Brian Painter with the footballpurist.com talk on podcast. It's 9 a.m. here in downtown Manhattan. I'm on the way to the Irish American to watch Liverpool take on Watford. I'm here at the Irish American after Liverpool's 6-1 defeat of Watford. I'm joined by... Emilio, I'm from Jersey City. And Natalie Evans. Uh, I'm from Liverpool, but via New York. Mike Jebson, originally from Liverpool, but now live in New York. Sam, I'm from Liverpool, live in New Jersey. What did you think of today's match? Oh, it was phenomenal. I mean, the the type of link-up play that we're playing, the aggressive style that we came out pressing, and and really, we were all over the place. Uh, You know, it it was a great way to see them coming at it, and that front four is is the most dangerous thing we've seen in a long time, man. It it was great. Unbelievable. I'm absolutely delighted. If I was going to be really, really picky, I would have liked to have kept a clean sheet, but that's because I want to get one over on Chelsea. But we already have because we're top of the league, so it's fine. (laughs) No, delighted, absolutely delighted. Beautiful game of football. I mean, throughout, for all the way through, I mean... Forget the defence for a second, but all the way through the game. The movement was sensational. Down the wings, the attacking play. What a great game of football. It's absolutely fabulous. I mean, we are... I mean, I would have liked it to be a clean sheet. They got that one goal. We'll give them that. But... um, we just look dominant all throughout. How do you think Klopp set up today? Yeah, I mean, there's sometimes, you know, you kind of a little bit wary, but I think I think the team worked brilliantly today. I've got to say, like, Milner was brilliant, and I'm not I'm not Chan's biggest fan, I have to admit, but he played brilliantly, and the team just worked today, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, I totally agree with the decisions, uh, obviously, because, uh, I mean, look at the result that we got, but uh, Lucas coming in at first did create a little bit of worries, because I like Lovren and his height, uh, especially against a team like Walford, against the counters, but uh, Lovren definitely helped us, uh, I mean, uh, Lucas definitely held his own, and uh, Matip was one of the, like, the strong points in defense, it's amazing how he came in and is playing for us. I mean, Lucas was an interesting inclusion. I, I kind of wonder whether there was a, a sense of, is he setting Lucas up for a January sale maybe? Let's get in some game time, put him out in front of a couple of teams, see what that looks like. But then when Lucas finds himself in the box a couple of times early on, you're like, okay, the style of football is there, isn't it? Even for Lucas. You almost, you almost even, got a goal. <laughs> even for Lucas, he's playing that game of football. <laughs> so that was, that was pretty cool. But you know what I mean? The setup is, for me, it's all about the, it's the attacking down the wings, that, that movement down the wings, whether we draw sides down. You've got Milner playing back where he's playing, but still attacking the ball all the time. Love it. I love Millie. Millie is one of these steady eddies. He just gets the job done. He's there. He clears it. He has great crosses. He's no fuss. 
he's just brilliant in that that regard. I, I love him in the positions that he's in. I'd rather have him than Marino. Who's your man of the match? Man of the match. Do you know what? It's, it would be so easy to go with Mane, and so because he just looks so good all the time. But Lalana, just here's that spark. Lalana, Lalana is that. Here's the movement. He's for me. He's, he's becoming that engine room. When he's firing, he's he moving looks around. Like, he looks like he, a different player absolutely. in the centre of the park. Totally. He pulls players left, right and centre. It's not just about where he goes with the ball. It's about where he pulls players with him to def- yeah. defend against him. He creates a space. It's Alana for me. I know it's an obscure one, but that's where I would go. <sighs> there was a fear. That I think it's got to be Mane. He, he, he just looks absolutely at ease. He looks like everything he does, he's having the best time of his life. And he, he scored brilliant goals. So can't really... Can't the shirt, really the shirt seems to suit him down on the it ground. It does, absolutely. And like he just, you know, he pulls it on and he looks like he's just whole heart is out there so yeah he gives it everything I'm really impressed with him uh, I would say Coutinho's got to take the man of the match for me again man he's been he's, absolutely he's brilliant outstanding he's just he's on another level playing against everybody and it's it's phenomenal to see him on our side I think uh, Coutinho is my man of the match he's just everywhere he's just he just goes for the ball he's so he's, brilliant he's so tenacious he just you know even, even when he gives it away you know he's there his magic feet He's fabulous. He's, he's there at the front. He assists. He scores. He does everything. Fantastic. Thanks so much. This is Brian Pan with thefootballpurist.com. All right. Thank you to everyone very much for giving your opinions. It's awesome to, to be able to hear what everyone thinks, especially in New York over there where I know there are a lot of Liverpool fans. So, gentlemen, let's go ahead and move on to the game. We uh, heard the fan reactions. Let's go ahead and hear yours. Before we get into each goal and some of the players, how do you guys think we played in general? I mean, you could have argued this was the best attacking game we've had all season. We had three or four chances even before we started scoring. It was amazing. Every time Watford cleared the ball out, we'd get it back and just come in waves. So I want to know what you guys think. How do you kind of, how do you rank this performance in terms of games we've had this season out of the 11 that we've had? Luna, how do you think this game went? Where do you rank it in terms of an attacking performance and an overall performance on the year? Where do you even start? It, it's got to be one of one of the best performances in an attacking sense that we've seen all season, you know, this is 11 games in each week. We're getting better. We're getting time on the training pitch, which, you know, you're going to have those arguments from every other club that, you know, we have an advantage, not being in Europe, which maybe that's the case, but either way, I mean, this team is, is working in a way that I don't know that I've ever seen Liverpool play. You know, it was, it was a little nervy in the first 15 minutes, you know, a lot of loose passing, easy giveaways, tackles that or you know, we were being pressed on the ball and losing the ball. And Watford's one of those teams that prior to the season, a, a team that would come to Anfield and, and score a goal or score a couple goals and have us on edge and we'd either drop points in a tie or, or lose altogether. So coming coming in and starting the game, I was a little little nervous with with how we were performing. But man, after that first goal, it was the floodgates opened, and it was one of the most exciting performances I've seen. I mean, Watford didn't have a chance. the 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 one opportunity we actually gave them, they scored on, unfortunately, uh, off an uncharacteristic play from Milner, but. You know, this this has got to be the best Liverpool team uh, probably since the golden era. Yeah, absolutely. It's been something to watch. The the chemistry, overall team play, Hallett, has been pretty unbelievable. There's been people who are, you know, 
decades older than us that have said this might even be the most fun and most fluid team that they've seen actually in a long, long time, if ever. So I think it's pretty phenomenal to see Klopp install his system and we're starting to really pick it up now and just absolutely overrun teams. So what did you see this, this game versus Watford? You know, it's funny you're bringing up past precedents, both you and Luna. I, I was randomly looking through my Facebook saved posts. I don't know if anybody ever does that. I did. It's bored. <laughs> From November 24th of 14, Jamie Carragher on Sky Sport reacting to our away loss versus Palace 3-1, mm-hmm. calling Liverpool, quote, mentally and physically weak. If I can, like, mimic his weak. It's like weak. Weak. <laughs> yeah. Palace got the equalizer at the 13th minute and they offered nothing in return, just collapsed. And then contrast that to what we're looking at this week and what we've been seeing progress the entire season. This is just a real team in every sense of the word. That's the biggest difference between us and any prior Liverpool side. And it's, if you look at the last hopeful year, 13, 14 with Suarez and, and that trio up front with Sturridge and Sterling, this is an actual team, team attacking, team passing, team defending, team celebrating goals in a different way. You can just see it permeate the side from top to bottom, and that's clearly what sets us apart. And that includes every other team in the Premier League, right? Absolutely. And Painter, to Jeff's point right there, he was just talking about that trio that we have working up front. Even when Surge came in, we still looked good, but I just wanted to quickly mention, people were a little skeptical about you know, where are they going to play up top? Is Firmino specifically a nine? Is he a center attacking mid? Should Coutinho be playing back more? Should he be playing left? Well, this past game versus Watford, Coutinho spent 45% of his time down the left-hand side and 42% of his time up the middle. Firmino spent 34% of his time up the middle and 43% of his time up to, up the right side. So even more of his time on the pitch was spent and more of his running was on the right side of the pitch. And then Mane spent both equal shares, 48% in the middle and the right side. So they're they're intertwining. They're pretty fluid. I mean, no one has really a set position once the game starts. I don't know if you've been seeing that through the top three. Obviously, they've been really fun to watch this whole season, but I think their versatility and their ability to kind of play any one of those positions up top has been a part of our attack and why it's been so exciting. Well, absolutely. They've been, they've been lights out from an attacking sense. If you look at just some of the some of the stats for each of those three. <laughs> I think Phil Coutinho has had a hand in eight goals in the past seven league appearances for Liverpool, three goals and five assists. Firmino has scored five times and assisted three goals. And then obviously Monty's got five goals himself. So uh, in his five league appearances at Anfield. So it's balance, it's pace, it's power, it's interchange. I, those three up top are just, are, they're just a joy to watch. And, Phil Coutinho is in the best form of his life. Firmino is clearly in the best form of his life. And Mane is no slouch himself. So it's almost like how pick your poison. How do you defend that? And oh, by the way, we've got some pretty good guys arriving late with Adam Lallana and Emery Jean and Wijnaldum coming in from the deeper lying midfield roles. And then Jordan Henderson is just absolutely controlling he looks a different player. He's probably playing two or three levels above what he, what he was playing in 2014. I think that front six, and, and Jeff mentioned team, you know, and, and all the different team attributes. I just, I, I think it's front to back. All 11 just seem to be on the same same wavelength and playing with such 
passion for one another and for for Liverpool. It, it's just absolutely fun to watch. You can com- <clears throat> I know a lot of people are comparing it to thirteen and fourteen, and I sent around an article regarding comparison of the two. And yeah, while the the numbers and the stats bear comparison from goals and assists and in goals per game and all that fun stuff. That 13-14 team was clearly two players and Steven Gerrard, right? It was Suarez and Sturridge just absolutely being lights out. Sterling chipping in a little bit and then Steven Gerrard's leadership. And then everybody else on the pitch was average at best. You know what I mean? You had Flano at one of the one of the fullbacks, and I can't even remember half the other team, but Skirtle and Glenn Johnson. Jose Enrique. Yes, Skirtle and Sacco were in the middle. They're not, Sacco can't even get out of, off the under-23 team now. So I just think all in all, the full front to back, the full starting 11 is is playing so amazing. And if you look at it, if you, if you man up and take the three away up top, then you've got to deal with Klein and Milner coming down the flanks. It's just a, a, I've never seen a team play this cohesively across all 10 field players for any team, let alone a Liverpool side. So and I just think it's a great part, Painter, is that I just think just, it's amazing. Yeah, just like you're saying, we're playing as a team. It is pretty amazing what we're doing, and, and everyone seems to be on the same page. But also, like we've been talking about, when you have that top three up there, it just makes it so much fun to watch. I mean, stat from Simon Brundish on Twitter was only two players in the league are in the top 10 for goals, assists, chances created, and successful passes in the final third. They both play for Liverpool and Brazil. So, I mean, these two guys are just very efficient. They're playing at an all-time level up there, and Mane is playing some unreal football as well. So we have don't I mean, forget don't forget the first name on the team sheet, Adam Alana, yeah, second in the league and second in the league in assists with five. <laughs> Just oh, a good. beast he, up and, and down the pitch, though. Like not a, with, the, with his pace and with his involvement in the attack, it's just nuts. His and, game this past weekend was unreal too. Those two assists that he had were unbelievable, and he should have. He probably could have had a few more. I yeah, mean, he had that first that first ball into Firmino that was gorgeous. Exactly, Lenny, and, then and the, I definitely wanted to go into that. And I definitely, I, I want you to touch on Lalana as well for sure when we go over these goals because you know Lalana had one of the better games that I've seen him play as well. He's really cutting down his kind of fancy tricks and he's and he's being efficient. He's actually putting in a final ball. So we'll just start from goal number one. I'm not a big short corner guy. Uh, we scored two goals coming from short corners this game, which is pretty funny. And I believe we're actually, no joke guys, joint top in Europe at set-piece goals scored, which is unbelievable, ridiculous to think about because we give up so many set-pieces. Yeah, we're so we're joint most goals from set-pieces this season in Europe, which is obnoxious because we give up so many, yet we're scoring this many. It's pretty funny, but anyways... Two goals from short corners. This one was just a great ball by Coutinho and get a little bit on it with your head from Mane. It was nice to get on him early. And then, guys, this the second goal coming up, Luna Coutinho, just a great touch. You know, we had a couple chances. He had a really nice touch before when he missed that shot. But if you want to talk about the second goal and uh, the ball from Firmino, everything kind of included in that. And just Phil being Phil, right? Yeah, I, I mean, we've, we've talked countless times about the play between Firmino and Coutinho and just what a partnership they're forming. But I, I mean, that touch from Phil, it, it's silly. Even the, I think the one before that, uh, both yeah, of that initial touch great. was insane on that missed that, shot. The guy. one, yeah, the one he dragged. Yeah. On. I thought he scored on that. Just why? I, I mean, that would have been goal of the weekend for sure. But I mean, both, both touches are very similar. You know, it's the one touch, 
sets him up, takes the defender completely out of it. And, I mean, you know, we were faulting him for taking shots outside the 18 so often. And we didn't understand it because most of the time he was either shooting over or wide or straight to the keeper. But, I mean, the the guy is unstoppable right now. It, it was perfect placement through the legs of the defender. And I, he's he's... He's the best player in the Premier League right now. You could argue that Gomez should have gotten down to that ball, but I remember when they said after he shot it, it was at something like 54 miles an hour, uh, you know, the the speed of the ball after Coutinho shot it. So even with it being somewhat Jeez. close to Gomez, he, he did rip that. So it kind of went right I don't think him. I don't think he saw well, it. I think because yeah, he, he stepped over he between his late. legs. He saw it late. He's, and at that pace, it's going past him. Exactly. And quickly, uh, Luna, I want to go back to you for the third goal because your boy Lalana and I know Painter, you're, you're a big Lalana fan as well. I, we all are. Listen, he's playing great. But there was a great cross. <laughs> oh, and change in tune. Uh, Luna, change in tune by Mr. Bishop. <laughs> change in tune. But, uh, there's never been a change in tone, never been a change in tune. I don't know. Listen, we can talk about this for days. He's finally producing, and that's what I've always said, and I'm happy with it. And, you know, go ahead, and Luna, back back to Lalana and the third goal if you want to talk about that and the cross and the finish. So I think the biggest thing on this goal is you, you see how timid Watford is of, of playing Liverpool on this goal. For the last, what, 10, 15 minutes of the second half, we were just annihilating them time and time again. They'd get the ball, they lose the ball within seconds. And, you know, the defender is stepping off Lalana, which allows him to create the space to get the cross in. And then on the opposite side, you see Jean make the late run. And I think it was Kabul marking him. Kabul just gives up. He He's trying to mark him, and Jean gets by him, and... and Kabul just stops running, leaving Sean completely open. And, I mean, that's two goals in two games from him. You know, I was I was in the, the market that Wijnaldum would be starting over Sean. And I think Sean had a, had a rough start to the game. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to get slack for that. But, you know, he didn't have the best start to the game. And I, I think he completely made up for it with, with that run, with the, the placement of the header, and, you know, from that, that point on, he was up and down the field, making tackles, definitely a player that is going to be exciting for Liverpool. Yeah, and to your point, Luna, and you know me, I'm a big, big Emre Jean guy, but sometimes I feel like he almost thinks he's too strong or too big that he can sort of just out-muscle players all the time, and that doesn't necessarily always work. So there's a couple of sketchy moments from him early on, but you're right, it does well, take not his... on... Go ahead. Not only that, he... I think he, sometimes he comes into the game either off the bench or, or starting the game where he's trying to prove a point. Like he's trying to prove his worth to the team and is making some outrageous tackles. You know, he's trying to show the other team who's boss and it, it leads to silly fouls. We didn't see it so much this game. There were a couple times where he was pressured off the ball or, you know, was tackled to lose the ball. Um, a lot of it, it's down to poor passing, but. I mean, he's he's an incredible player, and I I think he's really starting to make a name for himself. Yeah, it's a fair shout. I mean, I think that especially with his position with the German team as well as Liverpool right now trying to really establish himself in those sides, that maybe he is overdoing things a little bit too much. But anyways, I think he's a phenomenal player, and he's proving it. That's two goals in two games for him. Hallett, I wanted to move on to the next goal real quick. Another started off as a set piece, and 
beautiful work basically for the third goal. It ends up being, you know, what a goal four yards away from the back of the net. But if you want to talk about just a little bit of the lead up to the goal, I mean, we're just playing some great one touch football right now. That's exactly the point. Uh, John, I have more thoughts on that, but how funny is it? Like a couple weeks ago, we were predicting Jeannie would be commanding that spot. And with him and his pace, he's back in, back in form and making the run. So Jeannie's having a hard time getting on the pitch, but back to the third goal. Yeah. That interplay from Hendo to Lana to Bobby to Coutinho at the edge of the penalty area. Like, wow, that this is the sort of, that attacking three, four, five, you add, add Hendo into that mix. They all know each other. And exactly the same points that we were sort of commenting on Palace away, where Hendo was putting the ball in and maybe running a little long or short for Mane, I think that, that all got fixed in this game. And I think that's only going to improve over time. So it makes our attack you think it's scary now, it's just going to get scarier. Uh, that's a great point because we're not even close to where we're going to be, I think, hopefully by the end of the season, obviously bar injury or anything like that. But it seems like we're just getting started. We're getting on a roll, and, and things are really starting to click. So, I mean, just just your point, though, it's the familiarity they, that the players now have with each other and, and the time that we're getting without European football on the training pitch has really been showing in the game. So, Painter, for the, the fifth goal... What a play by Firmino. The, the guy's been just unbelievable this season, and that entire play from running to the ball to the, you know, the end of the play shows what he brings us. So I, I don't know if you wanted to mention anything about that goal and talk about how really amazing it was that, that he was able to provide that assist. <laughs> they were all amazing. There's not really – I mean, he out, outran the guy, got got on the ball, really showed his determination even up for nothing, right, to, to get on top of the ball – yeah, he's he's been on a different level. You saw him kicking on at the second half of last year, but he's just taken that up another couple notches, as has everybody on the team. So if they defenses just can't deal with these guys right now, and I, I don't know how you stop it because I don't think anybody has an answer right now, and I don't think it's necessarily Klopp's system all that much as it's just these guys are on the same wavelength as one another. They, they understand where people are going to be. And maybe that is Klopp on the training pitch um, more than I think it is. But I just think these guys are generally enjoying their football, playing with one another. They understand where people are going to be. They're all technically really talented individual players that, that are playing for one another. None of them are trying to score goals on their own. They're all happy to give an assist. I thought maybe one or two times they could have been a little bit more selfish in taking shots. I did want to add one thing on the on the Jean Wijnaldum conversation. I think Watford's are no Watford's a good side. They were seventh in the table coming in. They're a big side too as well. They're they're really sizable across the entire team. You you could argue that Jean in this game is a better fit defensively and just from a physicality point of view to take on the likes of Dini and Agallo and whatnot. So I don't think Klopp he obviously likes Jan. But I don't think Klopp would have a problem playing if that was like a Swansea or or Bournemouth or one of those other ones. I don't think he'd have a problem putting Genie in there, and maybe Genie's a better suited midfielder for that type of game. So I, I just uh, I don't have enough superlatives to really <laughs> to, to really describe what we saw on uh, at the weekend. Absolutely, and 
it has been amazing to watch, like we've said. The the sixth goal kind of is going to lead into some conversation about a couple players that I wanted to get your guys' opinion on at this moment in time. Ajaria, on his debut, has a nice cheeky little back heel to Firmino, who lays it off to Sturridge. And Sturridge, nice shot, good save, and Genie gets his first goal for Liverpool, oddly enough, at home, which is pretty funny. But I did want to talk to you guys about Sturridge, Ajaria, and kind of how you see them fitting the team at some point here. Ajari, obviously, they're very different, obviously, in both their position, but also kind of where they stand in terms of experience and pecking order. But I did want to get your guys' opinion on where you see Sturridge and Ajaria fitting into this team during this year. So, Hallett, it's awesome to get a young player as debut. Uh, hopefully, long may continue. It uh, looks like there's a couple of players like Grujic and Brannigan who might be kind of fighting for that, those minutes, but... How do you think he did in his debut? And then also, talking about Sturridge, do you see him fitting into more games here? I mean, he did come on and he was pretty explosive. Right, and I think both players put in a hell of a job. I don't think you could find one fault really on that pitch, someone that wasn't prepared to play and perform, because they all did. They just played, given the effort, came to different levels of return for the effort. So Sturridge obviously still chasing a Premier League goal and Fajaria, you know, putting in the effort. I mean, he had lots of, lots of good runs inside the box. And I think you're going to see a lot more of both he and Sturridge, unfortunately in the domestic cup, cup games. And as they make more progress on the pitch, they'll get more minutes in the Premier League schedule. And I think you'll see more and more of them as they have more success. Yeah. Hopefully we continue to, to get a late run into some of these, these cups, these cups, because, we're going to, I mean, for us fans, you know, we want to see these young players and see them express themselves and what they're all about. So, Luna, is it just a matter of, you know, we without Europe, we just need more game time for these young players to come in? And, and also, is that the, the same case for Sturge? I mean, is it going to be, come down to a lot of the cup games or is he going to be a really useful piece of us potentially winning the title and making a strong push for top four this year? Uh, as far as the kids go, yeah, I think it's, more of the the cup games you know we still have the efl we still have the fa cup and that's where we're going to see a majority of their play unless we're dominating teams like we did at the weekend i don't see us bringing in these kids ajaria is obviously a talent and he's been one that we've been talking about since preseason but you know he's i think 19 years old 18 years old Kevin Stewart, another one who we we see every once in a while. If anything, if if we are going to see them in the league, we're going to see them late, late, late in games. You know, when we're up by at least two and there's two or three minutes left to play. Or five. Or five. Or five, exactly, right. (laughs) As far as Sturge goes, man, it it, it honestly could go either way. I I obviously think he's going to get the starts in, in the EFL and the FA Cup. But when it comes to the the league, we've seen him come in late in games as as a power substitute, and I think that's where he he sits right now. It it's no discredit to him. He he's I think he was really unlucky this game. He should have had two, Very maybe three. Unlucky, right. It was a great save. Three goals. Tip save from Pentilamon, the six foot or the eight yeah. foot five keeper. I mean, if that's Gomez, I I think that's going in. But, you know, it, it was just a little bit of unluckiness. And, you know, he, he was moving. He was he showed great movement. He was interacting with the team well. 
but you know, you, you can't disrupt the top three that we have in there. Yeah, no, and to your point, Luna. I mean, it, it kind of seems like we all sort of see where he's at and where he fits into the team and when he plays. So, Painter. Do you think he's going to be the type of guy that's going to be able to accept this role? Because we all know Sturge. We all know how he acts and that he wants to start, as does every player. But when your team is top of the league and is going to hopefully have Champions League next year and even make a push potentially for the title this year, do you think he's going to be able to maybe put his attitude aside and just do what's best for the team? I think you you saw it this weekend. Uh, I think he came in and absolutely ran the channels, busted his butt. If you look at the goal, Wijnaldum's goal, he misses that shot that uh, goes out for a corner, runs over, grabs the ball, sprints to the corner, does the short corner, works the works the beautiful pass to Ilari, uh, Ajaria, who then pass, uh, passes it back to Surridge, who laces one that bounces off to Wijnaldum, and then he's the first guy over to celebrate and congratulate Wijnaldum on his goal. I think his attitude is in the last couple games has been light years different than what it was. And and on top of that, show me a number nine who's not getting on the pitch. That's happy about not getting on the pitch and scoring goals. I also thought the team when he came in was deadly focused on trying to get Sturge off the goal schneid uh, in the league. You could just tell they were working really hard for him, getting him the ball in the, you know, in space um, and hoping he got off, got his goal in the game. So I think he's going to be a critical part to this team and success this season. Keep in mind, he kind of needs to be with Mane going out for the African Cup of Nations. Somebody's going to have to come in. And whether that's, you know, we push Bobby out to the to the right. He said earlier he spent a lot of time on the right side of the field. And we put Danny in the in the number nine with Coutinho on the other side. Whatever that ends up looking like, we're going to need him come January, like you read about for the league. Uh, we have a ton of games. And Mane's going to be gone for, if Senegal do, do well, he could be gone for up to six weeks. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be chances for him to play. Uh, to play devil's advocate, I suppose that there are some people really out there that aren't a fan of his body language, some of the faces he makes, maybe some of the runs that he's not making. I agree with you guys. I think that, I think he is going to kind of sack it up and realize, you know, I need to do what's best for the team. And I also think he's going to realize that he's going to get minutes, but you know, me being the fan of the Bears and having a one Jay Cutler in town, I can tell you that the body language to the fans, it, it can turn some of the fans the the wrong way. I'm not saying it, it means he's not trying, but I am hoping for, you know, the fans' sake and for his sake, really, because you don't want things to end badly if they were to happen to. I, I hope he just continues. To he he could have had a hat joke, but... But, Joey, you could have had a hat trick in 20 minutes. You know what I mean? He, he came oh, in and I, really I busted his ass. Listen, I was the one he who was saying two weeks ago I think it would be hard to, to not put him in the squad. Now with how we're playing right now, it's a little bit easier. But I was all for Sturridge being in the squad. I'm just saying in, in terms of, you know, I think as the season goes along, bar injury, he's going he's gonna to find himself in the same position, not getting as many minutes as he'd like to. And I'm just curious to see how he reacts to that. So I, I, I agree. I think I, – I think he's not going to be happy about it, but in the same in the same token, uh, I think the guys in front of him are saying, "Holy shit, Daniel Sturridge just came in and put on a show for 20 minutes." And and if we don't step it up and keep pace, he he could get some minutes from me very soon. You know what I mean? Yeah, and exactly to what Hallett's, Hallett said earlier is that they're enjoying themselves. They're enjoying what what they're doing. It makes it a lot. Obviously, winning makes things a lot easier. But the fact that everyone's on the same page and no matter who comes in or who starts, 
Everyone wa- just wants to win the game. It is a really fun time to be a fan right now. There's no, there's not any line about it. It's it's hard to really mention any negatives in this pod after we smash Watford six one. But guys, I mean, we did give up a goal, so I, I have to bring that up. Uh, it was kind of a soft goal. It was a nice finish, but again, we only have one clean sheet in eleven games, and that's just got to be something. That's got to be addressed. I know Lucas isn't your typical center back and he comes in, but this wasn't even his fault. This is just, it seems like we just can't keep a clean sheet. I don't know if any of you guys have just any opinions on that, or obviously we're not Jurgen Klopp. They're working on things on the training ground, clearly. But as as a fan, what do you guys see? Are there any improvements that you, you guys think we could have in the defense? Is it maybe Lovren coming back in? But even with him on the side, we're conceding goals. I don't know what you guys think about that. I've got an opinion. We could look at the goals conceded to this point and look at this one a little bit different. Like, goals conceded during open play, fine. This, is, this wasn't Arsenal. This wasn't Burnley. This goal was conceded after we were up 5-0 in the second half. So, you know, for one, honestly, we lost focus. I mean, Klopp said as much in his presser. So I don't think it matters as much as it did during the Arsenal game, for example. It's a mistake. It's a lack of focus. Absolutely. Started with Milner and then just cascaded through the other guys. And unfortunately, that, that led to lack of clean sheet. But... It's totally different, and it kind of brings to mind all these challenge notions of could we win the league without the defense and how the media is like slobbering all over themselves about Chelsea because they've got Conte in the back, and they're more solid. No one's really stopped the the three in the back, but does it really matter when you're netting four to five goals a match, 2.73 average after match week 11? I mean, it's just staggering. It is crazy, and it's it's a great point because – Again, it reminds us kind of that 13-14 season. You score three, we'll score four. But, you know, Luna, I don't know if there's anything. I think there's something to be said for keeping a clean sheet, keeping consecutive clean sheets. It's. I think a lot of it's a mental thing. I think you gain a lot of confidence from doing that. I think in terms of just the back back five as a collective, it means something to get a clean sheet. Not just on the stats, but just something to go forward with, something to, to build upon and... And really to just to have confidence that people are going to do the right job and be in the right position. Uh, see, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with you on that. When we're scoring h- however many goals, you know, it is similar where you say it's it reminds you of 13, 14, where you you say the other team will score three. So we'll score four. But this season's different in the fact that we're not letting teams score three or two even for that matter. And I, I, Klopp came out, I, I want to say it was last week, is what's it matter how many clean sheets you have? As long as you get the three points, I mean, that's, that's what we're here for. So, you know, it's disappointing, certainly. But with how well the, the team is overall, I, I, I just can't, I can't slate them that much. It, it's, again, it's disappointing. But at the end of the day, one goal shift when we were scoring five, big deal yeah you know it's it's interesting painter i don't know you know there are going to be those games i think where offense might not be there and we're going up against a tough team and oddly enough we showed that against man united even though they weren't that attacking but there i think there will be a couple of games this season where we might not be able to score more than one or two goals and we have to sort of depend on the defense, maybe even scrap a point. I still think there is something to be said for for having the defense, not just as a team, but as that collective five to maybe 
build on something. I don't know if if you feel the same way about Cleveland. Yeah, I, of course. Being a you former defender keep, yourself, I mean. You know. Yeah, you want to keep a clean sheet. It's a mindset, right? You know, like Chelsea uh, this season have six clean sheets in 11 games. Spurs have five. Arsenal have four. United have four, right? So if you think about the teams that we're contending with for Champions League spots and then ultimately for the title, they're keeping clean sheets on a regular basis. The difference is in this game, and I have to echo Jeff's point on 5 nothing. you're kind of switching off a little bit. And they switched off, and, you know, Millie gave up, didn't press, and uh, fell down <laughs> like he does, and uh, gave up a goal uh, from his wing. And But you know what the thing that I was most impressed about? They came right back, and basically Henderson grabbed everybody by the scruff of the neck and said, this isn't happening get your asses back up the field. And they went down and they probably arguably could have scored another three or four. I know we scored one, but we should have easily scored another three or four. We had the chances that we created to do it. <clears throat> and again, I'm not trying to defend the defense. I, I just think that this game wasn't wasn't a good reflection of that. I do think some of the goals we have shipped um, have been soft. You know, I do think the set piece issue is getting better. I think we're we're much stronger on them um, over the last couple games. I think they'll get better over time. I do think that we need a, a set back four. You know, for whatever reason, Lovren keeps going out with these weird injuries, like a stomach bug, and then he got punched in the eye the night before the match a few weeks back. <laughs> you know, so I don't think that's helping helping the cause. Uh, I do think Matip is. Right now, he's arguably next, you know, right neck and neck with Mane as the the signing of the summer, uh, and to get him on a free transfer is absolutely a masterclass by Klopp. So, I do think the defense needs to stiffen up and get a few clean sheets under their belt, and I think that'll just be another momentum carrying thing. Right now, I think it's more of a mindset to keep in the clean sheet than than anything, because going forward, we're just absolutely blistering. Sure. And so, you know, before we move on to the seed index, I, I definitely wanted to quickly mention Carius because this was the first time we really actually saw him get some type of action right in the game. He is part of that back five. He is going to be part of the reason why we might be getting some clean sheets hopefully soon. And I, I think he actually had a pretty decent game. I saw, you know, I thought he had a, a nice punch uh, on a corner where he was strong. He had a really nice save against Kapue on the near post on that flick. I think he had a nice diving save, and and something that I, I like to see on that that I liked that when I saw that save was that he punched that far clear. It went all the way out of bounds. After that, he didn't give up a rebound on it. So, guys, I, I kind of want to know. Obviously, it's early days. This is really the first game that we've seen him get some action. But in, you know, from what you've seen of him so far, especially this past game, how how do you think that our new number one has been doing? Oh, there were two beautiful saves, as you called it, a real save. It- Ended up making my seed index, not to bust that uh, that spoiler, but we've got a, a keeper that was stretched on the first goal to the bottom left, and I'm forgetting, I think it was like the 68th minute. And then coming right back, uh, Milner, I believe, took uh, took the clearance, but you know he took all of the spice off the ball. So he's moving around. It's not just balls kicked to him. So it can only help in the betting in and the more confidence he gets. The distribution was there, I thought, in this game. So it's just going to improve as the season goes on, which, again, is the scary part. 
Absolutely. for anybody playing Liverpool. And that's a great point, Luna. It's going to be nice to see him get even better. And as the sample size increases, I think we're going to see a lot more of these saves, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, he showed finally, I mean, I, I don't want to harp on him too much for the, the few games that he started. But, you know, this was a game that he finally had to face some shots. And he showed what a great shot stopper he is. <clears throat> and as he gets more game time, as he starts seeing more shots, you know, there were photos last week of them using rugby pads to, to help him get used to the physicality of the Premier League. The more we see him in the field and, and getting touches on the ball, the better he's going to be. And there was a, there was doubt in, in his first few games, but I think he's finally showing why we signed him and and why he's our new number one. Absolutely. And, and Painter, what is he going to have to do to keep, Simon on the sidelines. You know, we are, we already know that he has <laughs> the confidence keep fucking of Klopp, doing what but, he's doing, <laughs> right? But I mean, what? All right, so let's flip that then. What would have to happen for Simon to come in? I mean, how now that we know that he's the number one, Klopp has a confidence in him. What, I, I what think is, it's, you know, I think I mean, it's like, an injury at this point. Is it? I, okay. I, yeah, I don't think I don't think I don't think he's coming out. He's grown. He's grown in confidence. You saw that in the this last performance. He's making some uh, good reaction saves. He got down well on the goal that, you know, Millie cleared off the lineup, as Jeff was mentioning. I don't see Simon having a way back into this team unless there's an injury to Karius. I think he Karius is only going to grow and grow in confidence and he's only going to get better and better. So I don't I don't see any I don't see any way back for Mings. Yeah, let's hope so. So before we go ahead and get on to the seed index, I just wanted to point out a couple of interesting stats. Uh, Liverpool have recorded more shots on target versus Watford than any other team has managed in a Premier League game since Opta began in 2003-2004. So, so to, to kind of go along with that, here's some of our players, their uh, average contribution to goals or assists per minute. Coutinho right now is contributing a goal or an assist every 69 minutes, which is absolutely insane. Just, just absolutely insane. Sorry, actually, you know, it's 78 minutes, which is still crazy. You know, it's over one a game. Bobby Firmino's at 92 minutes. Mane's at 96 minutes. Sturridge is still at 113 minutes. Uh, Lalana's at 136 minutes. So it's it's unbelievable to see, really, guys, that that these players are just contributing so much, and it's a large reason why we're scoring so many goals. And then another one that I thought was pretty cool was that We've scored four more goals in 15 games since Klopp took over, which is ridiculous if you think about it. Four more goals and 15 games under Klopp. So that would be one of my pitches to try and get a, a new fan into Liverpool would be just, you know, exactly like you guys said, heavy metal football, really fun to watch. We'll go ahead and move on now to our seat index. So I need your guys' positive and negative seat index and a rating. So what got you out of your seat this past week and what kind of got you slouching back in your seat, Luna? So for me, the positive, you can go with any of the six goals, but one of the most exciting things for me, we obviously know that, that Phil and Bobby and, and Mane can all score. And I mean, almost the entire starting 11 has scored. So as soon as those two came on, every player on the field was trying to feed either Sturridge or Wijnaldum a ball so that they could get a shot on that, try and boost that confidence, get that goal scoring out of those guys. And 
I mean, luckily we we had the the opportunity, the ability to to <laughs> to do so. You know, this wasn't a game that we were still pushing to win, and and it it was just it was great to see it. It's something that you don't see often. It's usually you know one player trying to take the team on, and so it, it's just it's refreshing to see. As far as the negative goes, I'm it was hard to give one, but the opening 15 minutes. You know, it, Watford's a good side, but for a team like Chelsea, who's in incredible form right now, City, uh, we still have Everton to play. You know, if, if we're slacking off, even for the 15 minutes, even if it's just the 15 minutes, we're going to get punished. And you know, we have a we have a different mindset that we can come back and win. But I, I just I don't want to give teams that opportunity. So that's that's my negative. Absolutely. Fair shouts. And, you know, like you're saying, it was really cool to see when those two guys got on the pitch that everyone really wanted them to score. It's They're, they're really looking like a team right now and really enjoying their football. So, Hallett, what was your seed index, man, positive and negative? Positive was Loris Karius. Uh, how could you have already tipped my hand? But... And this is up in an article by the venerable Stephen Luna himself on footballpurist.com. We're starting to get into a habit of posting these before the Thanks pod. for the show. Everybody check that out. It's really good writing as well. Complete sentences, dude. Love it. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. <So, laughs> but, yeah, he was tested. He had, as Joey would say, a real save, a couple real saves in this one where he actually had to move. So nothing but goodness there. I gave that an eight. And then for the negative, we're doing away with rating numbers, even though they can be explained. I had Hamas Milner, which is a very seldom mention for That's anything that guy negative. That's from uh, Spain, right? Hamas Milner? You, you, you got it. <laughs> from the Liverpool pub in Orange County, Hendy has properly named him Hamas, so he continues as Hamas. But very seldom you'll see him fall down, as Painter mentioned. So that sort of cascaded down to uh, ultimately John Bott's uh, ruining of our clean sheet from a nice pass from Aaron Bott. We almost expect to see Milner falling in his face these days still, so it's pretty funny every time it happens. But uh... Well, all that said, so Ian Dark not broadcasting often for NBC in the States, he was shocked at, oh, my God, there's – James Milner again in the six <laughs> box of, you know, in front of goal. We're as all left like, back. Uh, He's well, all over the pitch, just like all those other guys, which gets back to the idea of team. There you go. Exactly. Uh, Painter, what about you, brother? Uh, yeah. So listen, uh, Liverpool's attacking threat. I had to give a nine. It's just been, I screw it. It's a 10. Um, we're going to have to change that on the website. It's just been absolutely a joy to watch. I've never seen anything like that. You know, one of the things I did want to give an honorable mention, shout out to uh, somebody I think that's, I mentioned a little bit earlier is Jordan Henderson. I thought he was absolutely phenomenal again. In addition to the attacking threat, he looks like a captain of Liverpool. If, if you know what I mean. I just think he's been playing absolutely lights out in that position. He's commanding and bossing the entire field. So I give him a 10 as well. Um, I know that's two seed indexes, but I think he deserves it as well this week. I just thought he had a fantastic game. Uh, some of the stats, 
he was on the ball in the second half twice as many as twice as much as any other player on the field. He completed 15 of 16 passes in the final third uh, in the second half as well. So just absolutely bravo to Jordan. So great to see him after he had such a troubling last season with the injury and trying to come back and play at this level. So he's just been fun to watch. I'm really happy for him. As far as negative, uh, you know, you have to give it to the poor defensive lapse at 5-0. I know I said 5-0, you're going to have a lapse, but I do think it, this will come back at one point during this season and cost us points. You can't give up silly goals, you know, from time to time. You can't have defensive lapses. I do think at some point this season we are going to get bitten and, and, and lose points because we give up a silly goal or somebody has a gaffe. We're not very sound defensively in terms of, you know, not keeping clean sheets. Like I mentioned earlier, Chelsea has six, almost 50, over 50% of their games are keeping clean sheets. So obviously they didn't keep one against us, but you know where I'm going. We need to do a better job at that because I think that's going to come back and bite us in the ass at some point. Yeah, and to your point, I'll just go ahead and state my negative. That was, I think, pretty much an easy one to do, but really one of the only ones there was is that we gave up the clean sheet. Painter, I, I agree with you. I think... It might come to bite us in the ass, not just specifically maybe in one game, but I think perhaps even potentially top four with goal differential. And I think that's part of the reason why I think that clean sheets are pretty important is that not just for the mental part of the game, but also because we've seen in the past that goal differential, it can actually come down to, to the very last couple of games. And, you know, we could be scoring four or five goals, but if we're giving up two and three goals, it's not ideal. So... I know we haven't given up many three-goal games. I think the only one was the Arsenal so far this season. But at the same time, you know, hopefully we can tighten it up back there in the defense. So we conceding the goal and not having clean sheet was my negative seed index. And then my positive seed index, like I'd stated before, was just that we now have 10 different Premier League scores and 13 across all competitions. I just think that's pretty unbelievable. Not a lot of teams are able to have that. And, again, it just plays into the joy that that the team is having right now and, and playing together and it's really showing on the pitch so you know i, I would go ahead and give that a, a, a nine or a ten uh i think luna we had put a, a 10 on the website or a nine on the website uh, again great shout out jeff luna is now contributing to guys to uh footballpurist.com he's going to go ahead and uh give all of our c index ratings before so you guys can go ahead and check those out before we do the pod each and every uh week and yeah luna again Grammar's all there. Punctuation, we're all about it. Thank you. Hey, and everyone, lis- everyone listening, just make sure you know check it out and comment and let us know what you think. Do you agree? Do you have different seat index? Yeah, give us your seat index ratings, right? Exactly. Let's go ahead and move on, gentlemen. There are a couple of things that I wanted to address. First of all, Danny Ings suffered uh, just a terrible, terrible injury, and it's just—it's really is heartbreaking because. We all know him as such a good guy, apparently behind the scenes and, and in the, the locker room. He's a great guy, worked so hard to get back to the point where he is now after such a terrible injury last season, and pretty much the exact same thing happens to him again this season. I, I guess I will say the only silver lining that we can take from this is that it's on his right knee and not his left knee, and... Because of that, I think that there is a good enough chance for him to go ahead and get back to hopefully the form that he's at that he was at currently before this last injury. I think that if it had happened to the same knee, then it might have been pretty brutal. So 
Guys, any thoughts on Ng's injury? Does that mean that we might now have to go into the transfer market in January? As Klopp said, he might have to, uh, especially with Mane being gone too. So, you know, what, what do you think about this? I mean, it's, it is obviously terrible, but what does this mean now for the team, Hallett? It means that we're – so Klopp is going to venture into the transfer window looking for a winger to back up. Obviously, Mane with African Cup of Nations coming up, and God forbid he go, he go deep. And I think – I happen to agree with your assessment that if we're going to sell Sako, which don't need to bring that, that complicated subject up again, if we're going to have a center back out, we should have a center back in of some stripe. So – I imagine that Klopp is going to be busier than usual during the January window, but expect at least winger backup. We need it. Pulisic, come on over, bro. Yeah, right. Put in another Absolutely. cheeky bid for him. So, yeah, I mean, Painter, does that mean that we're going to have to go out in the, you know, not just with Monty being gone, but now with Ings, his injury? There's now a lot, actually, quite a lot of game time that might be open, especially if Ojo isn't really finding his form. So, what do you think this injury means to the team? Yeah, we're going to need. We're going to need somebody. Um, he said as much. I, I also don't think, though, that we're going to go overspend for somebody. I don't see us, you know, I don't, that's just not how Klopp conducts business. So I don't see us going over and paying over the odds. January is a tough window to get uh, value for money. So I don't see us paying over the odds, but I de- definitely think we'll be opportunistic. And if we see an opportunity to get a player of Mane's ilk, you know, with that has some pace and quality, I don't see why Klopp wouldn't go in for him. And he said he, he, he said he'd be interested in looking in the market, but I definitely don't think we're going to pay over odds. And as far as Sacco goes, he's not really with the team anyways, and we're still making do. So um, again, if he, if we sell him, I think we'll end up seeing, or at least having an opportunistic conversation around a few potential targets. But again, I don't see us paying over the odds for um, somebody in January, but I see maybe one coming in. It's a shame about Ings. He's, he's worked so hard to get back. I I was absolutely gutted when I heard the news. Uh, And it's so great the way Klopp and uh, the club have gotten behind Ings and said, whatever amount of time you need to come back, we're here to support you. You, we want you part of this club, which I thought was uh, fantastic as well. Yeah, Luna, I mean, we've had some pretty good luck with buying some attacking talent in January. I know Coutinho, Sturridge for a good price too as well in, in January. So what what do you think? Are we going to go out and get somebody? And also, I mean, do you see a way back for Danny Ings? It, it is pretty devastating. I, as far as Danny goes, I, I really hope so. I really like him as a player. You know, he's he's always giving it 100%. He's running with a smile on his face. You just, you see the joy that he gets from playing the game. And it it's such an unfortunate timing of the injury. And like, like Painter said, it's great to see the club. It's great to see the team get behind him. But yeah, I, I think, you know, with, with Mane leaving in January and with Ings now injured, I, I think we do need to dip into the, the transfer market. And like you said, we've had some, incredible finds with Coutinho and Sturridge and you know now we have Klopp in the picture and Edwards just got promoted and I think those two are going to be so dynamic in the transfer market moving forward so I'm excited to see what what's coming down the pipeline from them there was a rumor going around today uh I'm going to totally butcher this guy's name uh Sadar Azmoun uh plays over in Russia 
And, you know, they're, they're playing in the, the Champions League right now. He scored against Ajax. He scored against Atletico. He transferred from, he was on loan to this team in Russia and went back to Kazan and decided, nope, I don't want to play here. Let me go. There's some controversy there with that. But, you know, these, these reports are new. Um, I haven't seen too much of them. You know, if, if it's someone that Klopp wants, then by all means, I'm going to trust him in it. One of the funniest things that I think, though, is, you know, these reports are going around the the networks and obviously on Twitter. And everyone's commenting on what a great guy or, you know, what a great player he is in the air. You know, he's winning headers and this and that. And it just makes me laugh. It, it, you realize that this is Liverpool and we're not playing a lot of long balls in the air. It, it, it's I, I just find it comical. Yeah, I mean, what? We'll have to see kind of what what's going to happen in January. I still think that we might go out and get one, maybe two players. Uh, I think there's going to be minutes to be had, and I think at center back and some type of attacker. Hopefully, you know, we we go ahead and I wouldn't mind even splashing some some cash for Pulisic. I think he's going to be very very good in the future, but that might just be the the U.S. bias in me. But yeah, he's you know he's been shown he's been great for Dortmund this year, so. You know, next on next week's pod, I'm sure we'll we'll have a little bit more news on that. We'll we'll definitely be talking about the international break. I did want to mention right now, Liverpool has, I believe it's what is it, 13 players, something like that. I know that we have what well, Klein, Hendo, Lalana, Sturridge are all on England squad right now. Coutinho and Firmino are on Brazil's squad. Uh, Wijnaldum is on Netherlands squad. Origi Minule, Belgium. Klopp on Estonia and Mane for uh, Senegal. So. Uh, those are our first teamers. We've actually got some youngsters that are that are making some uh, of their international teams as well, or their national teams as well. Grujic for the Serbia U21s, Ryan Fulton for Scotland U21s, Ajaria for England U20s, Alexander Arnold for the England U19s, Woodburn for Wales U19s, and uh, Grabara for Poland U18s. So we've we've got some some great talent in our squad. And you know, next on next week's episode, since it is the international break and the Southampton game isn't for another week after that, we will definitely be talking about some of this, uh, some of our players during the international break. I think we can definitely delve a little bit into Brazil and England because a lot of our players impact those teams a lot. And we'll definitely look into the Southampton game as well on next week's pod. So. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You can find us at footballpurist.com. You can also find us on Twitter at TalkOnFP. You can find me on Twitter at JVishni. And where can we find you guys on Twitter? Luna? I'm on Twitter at Stephen underscore Luna. And Hallett? Jeff underscore Hallett with two L's and two T's. Painter? Brian underscore Painter. Brian with a Y. All right, gentlemen, until next week, it's been awesome talking to you. And as always, talk on. Talk on. Talk on. Talk on, boys.